Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Really good panel this morning. I'm so pleased to welcome in Honey Hedemi Smiler. Of course, uh, she of Sky Sports fame and... Uh, all-round knowledge on, on a number of topics. And Ollie Ritchie, who's not that long been uh, back from the Olympic Games, uh, where he's been reporting there over a, a number of things. Uh, we might start with you, Ollie. Uh, Ollie, uh, news hub, of course. Uh, Ollie, where where are you now? Are you out of quarantine? Are you home? No, not quite, Smithy. I've got about five days to go of uh, MIQ, um, and then I'll join the rest of you by, uh, by the sounds of it, uh, being locked down some more. <laughs> So uh, we'll get we'll get some freedom back in uh, in a few days' time, but by the sounds of it, we won't get much. Hey, Ollie, the Paralympics not too far away. We, you know, they're sort of they're always overshadowed, of course, by uh, the Summer Olympics anyway. But what signs did you see uh, in terms of um, you know the the sort of uh, variations, the sort of differences they have to make in terms of the facilities and things? Uh, were they underway while you were there, or have they had to be building those uh, in the interim? It wasn't while we were there, but they, they do make quite a quick transition, I suppose, post-Olympics. Uh, They've kind of got that two-week buffer, right, where they post-Olympics, pre-Paralympics. Um, so it's generally in that time that we'll see a lot of those uh, changes made. But in saying that, a lot of those same facilities, same stadiums will be used, and they'll have already had any um, any changes or, or, or major changes, I suppose, uh, made to them prior to even the Olympics starting. Um, so we will still see those same facilities, same venues used uh, across uh, a lot of the sports that are in uh, the Olympics and the Paralympics. Um, but a lot of the, yeah, a lot, a lot of those more major changes will probably come in that two-week window um, post-Olympics and pre, pre-Paralympics. Honey, good morning to you. Uh, listen, we've got to keep Reese Walsh, don't we? I just talked to Cameron George. We've got to keep Reese Walsh because uh, it seems the Broncos want him back, and they wouldn't be the only ones, would they? Yeah, Morena Smithy, yeah, I agree with you. I absolutely think we need to keep... He's uh, he's uh, been the best buy for the Warriors um, probably since you had Sean Johnson. And, I, um, yeah, I think the Warriors will do everything possible to to, to keep our young new superstar um, at the club. But, I mean, he's... For me, I think Reese, um you know, is faced with quite a... Quite a, quite a quite a pretty good, uh, I suppose, proposition, you know, and it's, I suppose the Warriors have the upper hand and, you know, really creating that culture to make them want to stay at the club. And I think Sean Johnson, um, as Cam mentioned, will be a big part of that because Reese has come out earlier saying, you know, the likes of Sean Johnson were players that he looked up to. 
So now, you know, he, he, he's been lucky. He's been an, spent this year playing alongside the likes of Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, and now next year he gets to play alongside Sean Johnson. So for me, I would think that uh, Sean is a big draw card to keep Reese at the club. Um, but, yeah, again, like, you know, the, the Broncos have got some good buys that they're, they're pulling through for next year, Adam Reynolds, Dan Gagai, uh, you know, so, so there's a bit of a, it's a massive proposition, really, for, for Reese and what he decides to do. You know, honey, what worries me about Reese Walsh is he's so damn good, um, but he's he's not huge, and it appears to me that if I was coaching the opposition against Reese Walsh, I'd want him not on the field. I'd want him out of play. Uh, you know, he, he just seems to be a moving target for me, and and moving targets get hit every now and then. Yeah, well, that, that, that's I think that's just like a superpower. You know, like he because of his size and his his incredible agility. Um, you know, he's a moving target, but the, the thing is actually getting your hands on him, and that's what defences are struggling to do, is actually he seems to either step or his speed or he can just slide through defences quite well. And, and to be honest, he can take a, a decent hit too, you know. Uh, defensive teams are really targeting him because he is such an attacking threat, but yet he still keeps coming back, you know. He's, he's, he's having such a great season, um, and any team, I think, uh, that really tries to, I suppose prepare the defensive system around him really have to, I suppose, take on board the, his agility power because, yeah, we haven't seen that for a long time and the quickness about his footwork and, and things like that is, is pretty impressive. Ollie, uh, just changing the subject uh, across to rugby uh, initially anyway, uh, look, it seems as if we're hearing that the, the All Blacks might find it hard uh, to get out of um, in New Zealand and into Perth when they wanted to because of COVID restrictions. Now, of course, Australia, the boot's on the other foot now. Australia are looking at New Zealand and saying, we don't want New Zealanders here right at this very point in time. Uh, we've, over the last <clears throat> period of time, um, of course, made it very hard uh, for uh, opposition, uh, opposition teams to come in and out of the country because of, of our COVID policies. I mean, if you went the Wallabies or the Wiggles, you were going to battle. Uh, so it, it seems now um, that the All Blacks might not get there on time, which affects the Perth test. Um, but they've still got to go, don't they? Because it seems if there's any sort of Southern Hemisphere rugby at the moment, it will be in Western Australia. Yeah, well, that's absolutely right. They're going to have to head over there at some point, And the sooner they can get over there, the better. Uh, if they do have to do a, a two-week quarantine. And I wonder if there's some flexibility there uh, around you know, the All Blacks staying in their bubble and, and um, you know, maybe it's a reduced quarantine. I'm not sure. You know, maybe they just want to, to go um, and be as strict as possible and, and keep them in a two-week quarantine. And I suppose from an All Blacks perspective and a New Zealand rugby perspective, you've probably got a plan uh, for the worst-case scenario, which would be that. So they'll want to get over there as, as soon as possible. But you're right, any rugby that will be played in the Southern Hemisphere will be played uh, probably in Perth, you would have to think. Um, so they need to get over there, and they need to get over there uh, relatively quickly. Um, it's a tough, tough situation for them because uh, they're going to have to do two weeks when they come back at the end of their end of year tour. And they had a meeting at the start of this year, end of last year, and it was agreed that they'd only do one lot of two weeks uh, managed isolation. Well, already they're looking at two. And that's how quickly these things can change. It's a, a tough situation for the All Blacks to be in, no doubt about it. Uh, different personal circumstances for different players, but 
uh, if they want to get these games played. And New Zealand rugby need these games to be played. All unions do, really. Uh, they, they're going to have to get over there as, as soon as possible. Honey, what, what's your what's your take on this? Um, should New Zealand, should the All Blacks get some sort of exemption? I mean, they gave the Wallabies one to come here. Yeah, hard to say. I think the Wallabies exemption was given because they were they were already in a bubble before leaving Australia, so they didn't sort of pose as much of a risk. But with this outbreak happening at the moment, we know our All Blacks have been in Auckland. Um, they're, they're not in a bubble right now. So I'm assuming that Aussie probably will ensure that they have to have that 14-day quarantine if and when they go to Perth to, to make these test matches happen. So I, I don't think it's a, it's a like for like in that, you know, we gave them an exemption so they should give us because I think it's, it's very different scenarios uh, with, you know, with what's happening with this COVID. Honey, Helen, Smiler is with us on the panel as is uh, Ollie Ritchie. We're going to take a short break for the news and when we come back, we might talk a little bit about uh, Lydia Coe. I know uh, uh, she's uh, a hot topic at the moment, not because she's playing well, but because the British Open is on tonight. It's the last women's major of the year. And just what has she meant uh, to New Zealand sport uh, in her short 24 years already? Big talk, big opinions, the panel. We've got Ollie Ritchie from News Hub uh, with us this morning and from uh, Sky Sport. Uh, we've got Honey Hirami Smiler, who, uh, of course, covers off league and rugby union with us. And, and Honey, on the subject of rugby union, um, very shortly, we spoke to Glenmore yesterday uh, with a view in mind to a number of test matches to, at the end of the year, which is great news. Haven't had test rugby, the women, for, uh, I think, up to two years now. Uh, on that subject of picking that team... Give us some names who you think will make the crossover from sevens straight back into fifteens. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm assuming Stacey Walker will be a definite across there, probably also Theresa Fitzpatrick. Um, they're quite stalwarts uh, in the Blacksmiths fifteens. I'd love to see Sarah Hiddeney go back across and, and, and challenge that number seven position as well. And possibly Kelly Brazier because she is... Uh, Know, quite an experienced uh, player uh, throughout that as well. And then some of the uh, players that didn't go across to the seven, Shakira Baker, um, who's been playing in the FPC, uh, um, and a few others who didn't go with the Olympic group, um, but have been playing the FPC. They're definitely putting their hands up for that Black Swings, uh selection that uh, should just come out soon as well. So uh, it's going to be a really strong team, whoever they pick in, and the FPC. Uh, this year has been some really quality football being played, so um, yeah, looking forward to that selection. Uh, someone's just texted and said, Portia Woodman? Oh, yes, Portia Woodman, of course, number one on the list. 100%. I think that uh, Portia's probably just a, an immediate shoe in there. Uh, there's no one that sort of, <laughs> I suppose, um, would, would doubt that uh, for Portia. Uh, 100%, but yeah, again, like just some of these players that are coming out of the FPC and really putting their hands up, uh, you see with the Wellington Pride team, uh, Isha Letienga is doing a great job out on the wing there and, and a few others, so it's going to be, uh, it's really going to give GM uh, Glenn Moore, you know, a real headache and, and, and a good headache to have, I suppose, selecting this side. Uh, Ollie, Richie, you're an Aussie cricket fan. Uh, w- do you fear for Justin Langer, or is it time that Australia moved Australia moved on from Justin Langer? And the view of the uh, the disastrous last tour that they've just had with white ball cricket. Oh, 
Isn't it funny to see how much they're imploding, Smithy? They've got a home ashes just around the corner and there's infighting already. It's brilliant. You know, if, if, any, if there was any time for an underwhelming, understrength English side uh, to come and take the ashes, maybe now it's it. Uh, look, it's an interesting one. Um, Justin Langer is clearly a bit of a hothead. He's clearly ruffled a few feathers uh, within that group. Uh, and right now, he's not getting the best out of them. So I think his contract is up, what is it, middle of next year, potentially. He needs to, or his, you know, his goal is to see them through the T20 World Cup and then, and then the Ashes. Um, yeah, look, maybe it is time to go in a different direction for, for Australian cricket. You know, he was meant to be the man that was going to save Australian cricket, wasn't he, and bring about this brand new culture. Well, the culture doesn't seem to be any better over there. Um, so I'd say do away with, with Justin Langer and probably time to bring someone else in, someone that's at least uh, not going to explode at the, the media manager and at players at every uh, opportunity that he gets. Uh, I'd, I'd agree with you, uh, Ollie, and in a lot of capacities about England coming and getting them. Any England side that's toured there, and I say getting them, getting the ashes, any England team of the past would probably would knock them over at the moment. Uh, although this one won't, uh, not, not unless they can find five batsmen to bat with Joe Root and someone to help Jimmy Anderson mm. out. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, is that they've got, you know, a, a, an opening partnership that can barely survive a few balls at the moment. And then they're going to come down under and face, you know, Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood with a new ball in, in Australian conditions. Like you say, they've got Joe Root uh, and that's great, but Joe Root's not going to win them in Ashes and Jimmy Anderson's uh, not going to win them in Ashes. They're, they're at all sorts at the, the moment, aren't they? And just, you know, following that Indian test, um, you know, and you alluded to it on, on your show as well. It's, it's, they're just not really going after it. They don't seem like they really want to chase wins. And, and we even saw some of that in the New Zealand series when, you know, Kane Williamson set them a, a target of, of 270 odd, you know, go and get it. Well, now nah, we'll just block it and we'll just see it out and we'll just bat to the draw. Um, there's no real desire in that team at the moment. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Even if the Australians are imploding, um, that English side is, is probably going to get nowhere near them. Um, it'll be probably a good series for Joe Root and Jimmy Anderson, as you say, uh, and not much to write home about for the rest of them. Uh, honey, you're a, a high-profile New Zealand uh, sporting person. Uh, you, as a player, you were, of course, now as a, a commentator as well. Um, what does the name Lydia Ko mean uh, to you and to women's sport in New Zealand as an overview? Yeah, I think she's a massive inspiration to all to all uh, New Zealanders, not just not, not just our females, but to all New Zealanders and, and what she's achieved and how long she has achieved it for. Um, you know, like, I mean, she was sort of thrust into it in her teenage years. I think she was, you know, one of the youngest 14. You know, she was top ranked by the time she was 17. But I think, you know, what I admire about her the most is that she just quietly goes about her business and just her her, uh, her work ethic and her just continuation to, to push, you know, be, be in that top 10 of the world for years, for year on year, she continues to achieve some some amazing milestones. And um, for for us back here in Little New Zealand, that that's pretty massive to see someone like Lydia Ko uh, doing what she do. You know, and, and we talk about, you know, we we have someone like her where that we can look up to and and young girls look up to and say, oh man, I can I can be that and I can do that because this is what Lydia's doing and she's really setting that pathway and that legacy. Uh, for you, Ollie, uh, you cover a lot of sports, but um, uh, Lydia Ko uh, all set to tee off uh, in uh, around about 10 hours' time in the, the Women's British Open. 
Uh, that'll be uh, live on Sky TV um, at, at some point as well. Uh, what is Lydia Ko? If you, if you compare Lydia Ko, I don't know, to uh, a male equivalent at the moment, pretty hard to do on a moment's notice, but uh, what has Lydia Ko meant to, to you as, as you've uh, followed her career from afar? Yeah, I just think, uh, sort of touching on what Honey was, was talking about, um, she's, she's a bit of an inspiration, isn't she? The way that she was thrust into that spotlight, I suppose, from such a young age, you know, handled herself so well in, in a sport as high pressure as golf when it, you know, it's, it's not like rugby or football or cricket where you have teammates around you. Uh, she is out there on her own, um, you know, playing on some of the toughest courses in the world against some of the best players in the world. And that is, you know, not an easy thing to do. You know, golf will drive the best of us crazy uh, just trying to play off on, on a Saturday or Sunday and the way she manages uh, to go about her business is, is really quite special. I was talking to her after she won her, her bronze medal in Tokyo. Um, she just seemed to be really enjoying her golf again, um, which I think has probably been the key to her turning around her form uh, and winning a bit more. She's more relaxed. She's just enjoying being out there. She's hitting the ball well, um, and she's just doing it all with a smile on her face. So I think you know that that's probably been a, a real key to her turning around her, her fortunes. But you know, as a golfer, man, she's just gone from from strength to strength, and you know, she never gets too high uh, on the highs and never gets you know too low on the lows. Um, and she just quietly goes about her business. So, you know, hopefully there are many more wins and, and hopefully some more major wins are to come for Lydia Co. Ollie Ritchie, honey, hit me, Smiler, thank you so much for being part of the panel this morning. It's been great getting your insights to uh, a number of uh, areas uh, across uh, a pretty broad spectrum there. So thanks very much for that. We'll have another panel, of course, tomorrow morning. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91